When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Would you like to conquer your self-esteem issues? Would you like to create permanent self-love? Welcome to the Heal the Hurt podcast. My name is Kenny Weiss, and tonight we're with a guest. I know I never have guests, and then two shows in one day where I'm here with guests. Um, we're with Robert <laughs> Allen today. Robert Allen is a member of the Greatness Movement community, and he saw one of the videos I did recently where I talked about, I don't have guests because I want somebody who's willing to go deep, not just tell their story, but looking for solutions and is willing to be vulnerable about their life story and, and want to get better. It's something they're talking about. Well, God bless Robert. He reached out and said, Hey, I'm willing to do that. And so we chatted a little bit and I said, you know, asked him kind of what, if, if you had three things you'd like help with what would they be and really they all boil down to the same thing self-esteem and so uh all of you please very gracious of him to share his story and to offer himself to help all of us so welcome robert thank you for coming on and being yeah. a part of this. i really appreciate it how's your day going my, it's been a good day. It's been an awesome day, actually. Yeah, it was after Fourth of July. We had a good night last night. It was a good day. So, have a awesome. good day. Well, let's get right into it. Why don't you give me a sense of what the struggle is? Self-esteem. Like, what's where would you say it's showing up in your life? Well, well or the lack of self-esteem is showing up in your life. Yeah, the uh, it's. It shows up in my marriage as a father. You know, there's just certain things uh, I just don't really, you know, I can't pinpoint it where it shows up. It's just kind of underlying inside of, inside of my own self all the time. You know, it's kind of a, a background thing. But, you know, I've, uh, you know, like I told you earlier, I've been working on it. It's been something that's been, uh, you know, being more conscious, more conscious of myself and things like that. Give me an idea of an example where whether it was your wife or as a parent where you that, that sense of self-esteem like give me an example of an of something that happened and what the thoughts and feelings are associated with it what's going on so i can help you okay okay so i had a uh, uh i had my own boxing gym here it was in my garage uh we set it up made it a nice boxing gym but um i wasn't doing the things that I was supposed to be doing to make it work right and you know instead of going to my wife you know and I never really uh gave myself faith in myself you know to do to, to get where I was going with that gym and the certain things that I've done you know in the past have actually created this false sense of myself where I don't have any faith in myself so it's been kind of you know the example that I could give you would be that me not having enough faith in myself in my my boxing gym or my, you know, a lot of the things that I try to do, um, they really fell and they land on my wife. 
a lot of the times because I don't uh, I don't say anything. I don't mention it. I just kind of let it happen, and it kind of and it has to do with me not having any faith in myself to talk to my wife and have have that courage, you know, to face these things. Okay. So you withdraw. So let me see if I understand you. You you set up a boxing gym. Yep. You weren't. You said you weren't doing the things to make it successful. That so that what I think I hear in that is you saying that you knew there were certain th- things, certain steps to take that if you did them, it would succeed. But because of low self-esteem, you couldn't act on them. And then as it started to fall apart, instead of being vulnerable and talking to your wife about it and you know collaborating and getting support, you don't tell her anything and then it collapses. And the next thing you know, she's left to put, you know, the financial pieces kind of save everybody. Is that correct? Yes. So that was very correct. Okay. Very correct. Let's, let's start with what were the things you knew you, you knew, give me two things you knew you needed to do to make it successful. What were they? Huh? Well, the main the main thing was actually uh, reaching out to people and getting people in my gym. Um, okay, so say that marketing. Yeah, yeah. And what would come up? You'd wake up in the morning and you'd think about, I need to go market this. I need to get people in the gym. And what would what would you think and feel, and what would you do instead of doing the marketing and sales aspect? Um, I would turn away from it. I just. Uh, I like I said, there was no faith in anything I was doing, uh, even now. Sometimes, you know, but there was no faith, so I didn't have faith in me trying to get people in the gym. I didn't have faith that I could. I just didn't have the, you know, I I, I didn't think that I could do it. I could that I could actually have an impact on people and get okay. them in the gym. So and so, would you lay in bed and think? I would, what would you do? Um, Would you lie about how you spent your time and go do something else besides say, hey, I, I'm going out to market uh, the gym, but you'd actually go do something different? No, no, actually, I would most I would mainly just be home at home with her. She'd be here with me. And, you know, I I would start right. I'd start other things, you know, that had nothing to do with my gym that weren't on the ground level, ground working level of anything, you know, and. Just take my okay. attention away from the gym. So I did a lot of stuff to actually divert myself away from it. Gotcha. Okay. So you get something started, but then your focus and your interest would be elsewhere. Yeah. Now, don't now tell me the feeling. Do you remember the feeling those days when you knew you had to recruit and everything and you chose not to? What were you feeling? Oh, man. I, I would feel guilt, a lot of guilt, um, because I wasn't your body, facing it. Where in your my, body would? Right here in my chest, right, right, in, right chest. in my chest, in my stomach. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, first thing <laughs> mind, whether it was yesterday or thirty years ago, what's the first memory you have of feeling that guilt in your chest and stomach? First thing that comes up, man. I the first thing that comes to mind is probably the main thing. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, you know, uh, it wasn't a, I didn't have a good uh, childhood. Uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, I was raised by some meth addicts. My dad used to beat me, 
So, you know, oh, the my. first time I could say is uh, the, you know, I was five years old, I think, and he put his fist right in my mouth at five years old because uh, he thought I hit my sister and I didn't. But, uh, you know, but that's besides the point, five years old, and he punched me in the face, and I think that's what started a long life of uh, uh, abuse with him and, uh, and which created me abusing myself because I believe those lies. I've had those lies told to me and it was instilled in me at a young age that I wasn't really worth it. And I, and I think that's where this is coming from. You know, I'm not positive of that, but it's something I've been looking into. Yes, it is. That's heartbreaking, Robert. Yeah. Like, can you get in touch with how heartbreaking that is that your father, your protector, you, you know, would put his fist in your mouth. Yeah. No, yeah. Can you get a sense of I can. I can. I look at my yeah. own son and I, I just wonder how anybody could do that, you know. And I just I know I could never do that. You know, and I'm lucky that I didn't become some kind of hereditary thing in my life, you know, which it almost did. You know, I almost became my father when I was younger, but I I turned away from it really quick. Do you see why you're a boxer now? <laughs> Does it make sense to you why um, you bought? You've read my book, uh, right? Yes, I have. I have read your book. Do you remember, do you remember how the cycle works? When we go through trauma, our inherent worth and power is taken from us. And then yes. as an adult, until we heal it, we choose to relive it in either direct or indirect ways against ourselves to try and get our power back. Okay. Well, if I was hit by a man as a child, one of the ways I could get my power back is to go become a boxer. I know for me, I was hit by my brother. I chose to get hit by a woman. I mean, everyone does it different, but we relive it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, let's face it, I'm, I'm so I don't know how anybody boxes. But I know that the reason they do is pain like this. That's okay. why everyone's drawn to it. That's the only reason we're drawn to anything is our trauma. Yeah. What it, this can be any career, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, remember the chapter in the book about careers. We just pick to relive our trauma. It doesn't oh, yeah. mean you shouldn't be a boxer. I'm not saying that because yeah. I know you're very good at it. But yeah. what we find is, when, when we do this work, by doing the work, we'll discover if it does work. Like I played pro hockey and pro golf. I realized both weren't what I was supposed to be doing. It was actually this. I was yeah. reliving my trauma with both of those. That's the journey for you is to get into the feelings of, okay, so when you are in the ring, what's going on emotionally? What is it? I mean, that's probably oh, yeah. that, that. I don't know that I want to go in that direction because to unpack that and give you a solution would take several sessions and a lot of. We'd have to go in a lot of yeah. different areas to be able to discover: is this really working for me or against me? But can yeah. you see the tie-in of why you'd be drawn to that as a career? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could see that. Um... It just just from all the bumps and bruises and lumps I got as a kid, you know, and and then I started uh, 
fighting as a kid with other kids. And then, you know, when I got older, you know, it kind of just happened, came up to me and, you know, somebody asked me if I wanted to buy tickets to a fight. And I said, I don't want to buy tickets. I want to fight. And uh, sure enough, two, two days later, I'm in a boxing ring. So it was kind of crazy. But, yeah, I could see where that comes from, you know. And also, I Did see what you're say saying with the feelings of I'm sorry. Did he, say word, did he say certain words to you also when he was abusive? Oh, my dad uh, was pretty, you know, he used to make me try and guess what I was. So I'd have to go down the list. I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. I'm a butthead. I'm a, you know, this or that and the other thing. And I would never get it right. And the whole time he would stand over me and like make me flinch, try to, you know, for, for hours. It was an hour, two hours, you know, three hours, sometimes school nights, you know. So trying to make me flinch and scare me, you know, and I would be scared, pretty scared at, you know, that I think that that started around 10 where he started doing that, you know, and asking me what I was and I never knew what I was. And then finally it would come down, you know, I was a prick or, you know, I was something, you know, and that it was obviously nothing I was ever going to say. He was going to say it at the end of the night when he sure, was, was going to, no matter what you said, he was going to change the answer until he was finished playing his game. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So that, that is, that's uh, that's it's horrible. It's horrible. It's devastating. But absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's uh, you know, I have a relationship with my dad still. We don't talk very much, but uh, you know, there's a little bit of a relationship. I still care about him, and he says he still cares about me. So that's just heartbreaking, Robert. I'm so sad you went through that. That's just well. There aren't words you know, for that. Like uh, like you were saying earlier, like you were saying earlier when you were saying, uh, you know, that uh, trauma can create, you know, the, the reasons that we do things, you know, and I think some of the trauma created for me uh, helped me be a better person in a sense, you know, from doing from acting that way. I never put my hands on my children, and you know. And, because of that happening to me and I would never want to do that to, to somebody else, you know, especially my own children. So, yeah, there's a gift in all of our pain. If we, it's like yes. I said, you know, we may be reliving our trauma, but we're doing it to teach ourselves something. The key is to learn as I said earlier, which parts working for us and which parts working against us. And that's really what the book and the stuff I read is like, let's, let's get in and find out what that is. So, yeah, what something you said really stuck with me where he would make you guess what you are. Yeah. And when, when we're a child and our parents decide for us who we're going to be or what we're meant to think and feel, which every parent does. They're, they're deciding our morals and values, our needs and wants, and our negotiables and non-negotiables. And where that leaves us as an adult is many times we can't make decisions or we procrastinate. So you have an idea. I'm going to build this gym. It's a passion of mine. But ultimately, is, is it really mine? Is it my moral and value, my need and want? And so the procrastination or the putting things off because can you see how you're pursuing putting a gym in your house and all of that 
Can you see how that could create a problem with your father, even though you're not a child anymore? Do you see the tie-in? Do you see where I'm going? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Where I'm, what if, know, uh, what if you're wrong? Yeah, so what if you're wrong? What if it's the wrong decision? To, to make the gym? Yeah. Um, Do you see what I mean? I don't know. So, well, here's my point. I'm going to, I'm going to build a gym, but to do that, I have to do these other steps. Well, if I do them, I'll actually succeed. But wait a minute. My father told me as a child, I'm not ever supposed to succeed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see? see So what's happening in in that moment? Tell me, go, go. Tell me what's coming up. Do you tell me everything you're seeing? I just start thinking about a lot of the stuff that's going on, you know, in my life that uh, I never succeeded in. You know, uh, my, my boxing career. You know, uh, I maybe I would have done a lot better. You know, when I walked in the ring with more confidence and more, you know, uh, knowing that I could do it. You know, whereas my dad telling me I couldn't do anything and it wasn't right. That's. Uh, Showing me a lot of the stuff that I've, you know, failed at in life because of what I let hold me back and let well, hold me down. Let, let's get something straight, Robert. You had no chance. Okay. It's yeah. not your fault. You're yeah. not to blame. And here's why. Remember, we have two things we need as a child. The first one is attachment. We We will, as a human being, we will literally die unless we physically and emotionally attach to another human being. The second need we have is our authenticity, the pursuit of our inherent power, what I call our greatness, our needs and wants, morals and values, who we're meant to be in the world. Well, what does parenting, especially parenting like this, teach us? If I go pursue any kind of success, what would I lose? Attachment. Mm. Because my dad has said, I'm a prick. I'm a loser. I'm nothing. And so now you're an adult and go, but I want to succeed. But see, until we heal this, until we understand what's happening, we won't succeed. Because do you see the problem? Look at what happens if your gym succeeds. Look what happens if you succeed in boxing. What do you lose? Yeah. You see what you Yeah, I do. (laughs) The attachment with him. The only way, even though I can logically, and this is why thoughts are a waste of time in this business, it's about feelings. Because logically, I can sit and have a discussion and go, but Kenny, I want to succeed. I want to be the best boxer. I want to have a great gym. But ultimately, for me to do that, even though relationship, we can't connect, the little, the very little connection we had, was the hours my father would stand over top of me and tell me all these terrible things I was. So the best way for me to keep connection with my father the rest of my life is to make damn sure all those things he said about me are true. Mm. And so what happens is we wake up in the morning. Logically, you and I can talk about you want to succeed, but the feeling, that feeling, 
that trauma hits us. And so we go, no, 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 I can't succeed. I got to get busy with something else. So then I don't even have to confront the possible loss of connection with my father or remember mm. the trauma. Do you see that you're caught? It's what's called a double bind. Whichever yeah. way you go, you are screwed. And that's why I'm saying this is not your fault. Yeah. You are not. The yeah. Yeah. I'm learning that, man. I've been, I've been learning a lot about that too. It's been uh, good for me. You've been helping me with that. <laughs> you and a few other people I talked to have really helped me out a lot. I really appreciate everything that you do, man. So now do you see what's keeping you from succeeding? Yeah. Underneath everything Ooh. is if I actually succeed, my father will, then, will pay absolutely no attention to me. It's not true. But that's all we know. And that's what mm -hmm. trips us up. That's why we procrastinate, get, get diverted. We have all these defense mechanisms to not succeed. And that's why I put in the book, no one on this planet, it's not even possible for anyone to fear failure. We love yeah. it. You just put it. You do it over and over. We all do. It's because of the worst day cycle. Our greatest fear is success because to succeed, we'd lose attachment with our parents. Yeah. Because we had to be this for them to attach at all to us. And that's yeah. what you're up against is, oh, my God, if I actually pursue my authenticity, my greatness, who I'm meant to be, the world champ or whatever it yeah. is you want to be, your authenticity, mm -hmm. if I'm actually me, I die. Yeah. Yep. That, that's what you're up against. Wow. Yeah, that's but crazy. Never made that connection before. I've never, uh, you know, I, I've looked into a lot of things, but I've never made a connection with uh, the reason why I fail at things or why I don't put a hundred percent into, you know, things that are important to me. So that now really helps. That helps me on a grand scale. You don't even know the scale you just covered on a lot of yeah. stuff that's going on here. It really makes sense, now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it why you won't open up with your wife because. What would happen if you open up with your wife? You'd actually attach to her, which would mean a loss of attachment with your father. Yeah. Every, yeah. Word, every area of your life, the way you parent, you said you're struggling some things you'd like to do better. Well, if I attach to my kids and succeed there, then I lose my father. Everything. It all yeah. ties back. And so you were so heavily abused. You're replaying the cycle everywhere in your life. Just big. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. Begging yeah. your father just to notice you. Wow. Look, wow. Dad, I'm feeling for you. I'm being the, and please don't hear me as saying this to you. I'm mm -hmm. using the word you say, look, Dad, I'm being a loser. I'm being a prick. Will you finally yeah. love me? Please. Yeah. I'm giving up everything for you, Dad. Please notice me. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of yeah. weird because, you know, when I was doing really good and I was, you know, I'm making a pretty good name for myself in the boxing community, at least around Colorado. You know, my dad and my stepmom, who were addicts, would come and support me and cheer me on and be there, you know, and stuff like that. They were very supportive, you know, when, when I turned into this good boxer all of a sudden because I didn't have no boxing in my life. And I just found it on my own. My parents didn't put me in no boxing. I just was 21 years old in a bar and said, yeah, I don't want to buy tickets. I want to fight. You know, and all of a sudden, I start doing good, and all of a sudden, I'm a pro, and all of a sudden, my, 
my dad and mom are in front row, you know, cheering me on, like, wait a minute. So I don't understand that part of it either, where it's kind of like, you know, what's my, where does that come in? You know, like they're, they're actually supporting me and doing good, but you know, it, it, there was always a, you know, a little bit of intimidation with my dad, even as a boxer, you know, I've always been nervous and scared around him. So kind of, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the confusing aspect is our parents, even, I don't know your father. Yeah. I've dealt with a lot of abusive parents and almost all of them absolutely adore their kids. But the reason your father abused you is he got taught. He was abused. Parents yeah. don't just wake yeah, up. We are, they're just passing down the worst day cycle because they haven't healed it. And so they're just reliving it. That's all. Okay, that's how it works. Oh, can you hear me? I can see you fine. Shit. <clears throat> Sorry, Kenny. You... I can't Sorry. hear you. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, you sound fine. So there must be something wrong with your Bluetooth. I'm sorry, Kenny. I can't hear you. Well, if I lose you, it looks like I might lose you from the show. I'm going to get into solutions for you. And if if you, yeah, it looks like. Can you hear I'm, me, Kenny? Yes, I yes I can. Yeah. Yeah, I can't hear you though. So I'm not okay. sure why I can't hear you. If you can hear me. Uh, yes. Um, it's probably something wrong with your Bluetooth. That's, this was going so, so great too. Wow. <laughs> what I'm gonna have to do is. Um, I have to send you a message. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut you off, and, but I will give you solutions since there's something not working on your end. If for those of you watching, if this experience sounds familiar to you, here's here's the solution um, to all of this. The first thing is to get a piece of paper and write down on the piece of paper, what are my morals and values? What are my needs and wants? What's negotiable and non-negotiable, okay? In Robert's case, those were all decided for him. And in his case, the morals and values he was taught that he has to have are, I'm a loser. And so he's held to those morals and values. That's why he continues to set up his failure. Is his dad instilled in him the moral and value that I have to be a loser to participate and get attachment from you? And so the solution for you, Robert, and anyone else is, oh, no, those aren't my morals and values. My morals and values are completely different. Needs and wants are different. Needs we need to survive. What we need is things to survive. Food, clothing, shelter, money, intimacy, connection, sex. Um, uh, but not just sex, but emotional, spiritual, intellectual intimacy. We need those things. We need attachment to survive. Wants are different. My guess is, in Robert's case, he wasn't allowed to pursue any sort of joy once. And so what happens is, is he starts to pursue anything that makes him feel good, anything that brings joy, 
that message, the moral and value of his father, that, you know, all those terrible things he said, he, he withdraws any, any pursuit of his wants. Wants include things like self-care or like you always see me, I'm drinking a Coke. I love Coke. What happens is with someone with low self-esteem who's been through that kind of abuse is what they end up doing is they'll pursue their wants because they just want to feel better. Want, remember, wants bring us joy, trips, cars. Um, you know, some people use sex, alcohol, drugs, pills, all these different things. And they use wants at the expense of their needs. And that's why, I mean, a perfect example of how traumatized the whole society is, is the financial situation. What do they say? People, if they miss one paycheck, they'll be on the street, something like that. That, um, you know, it's 80, 90% of the population can't make it one month. If they were to lose their income for a month, they'd be destitute. Well, that's because they're too busy chasing their wants because of the unhealed pain. They don't know how to meet their morals and values and their needs. So they spend all their money on once trying to feel better at the expense of their needs. And that's why, you know, everyone's broke, really. It's not that the rich are jerks. It's that people are reliving their trauma against themselves and setting themselves up. Now, I'm not minimizing that some rich people are jerks, but they're not to blame. It's trauma that's to blame, okay? That's what's really going on, all right? So, Robert, lay out your morals and values. Who do you really want to be? What do you really want? What? How do you look at the world? One of your morals and values became, I'm not going to hit my son. But what others? Is your moral and value that you really want to open up to your wife and build connection? Is, is that a moral and value that you have? You need to lay that out in every area of your life as a person just on your own, as a partner in a relationship, your career, your hobbies, your friends. What are your morals and values in every, every area of your life? Robert really needs to do that because he was his were dictated towards him and they were all very negative. Okay. Um, I, I see, Robert, I see that... Uh, you're listening, and that's okay. Life happens. I'm giving you the solution, okay, for how to handle this. And you can go back and watch what I just said. And so that's the first step in healing this low self-esteem. <clears throat> the second step is, is every single time, Robert, that guilt and shame comes up, when you consider pursuing your morals and values, your needs and wants, which in this case with the boxing gym was sales and marketing, bringing people in to teach and coach because my guess is you're gifted at it. That feeling comes up that makes you want to distract and go in the other direction to recognize, oh my God, this isn't my pain. This is my father's pain that he, as you said, when the first time he put his fist in my mouth, he transferred all of that pain into me. And now I feel it right here. So you can do a couple things. In that moment, immediately ask yourself, who would I be if I never had this thought or feeling again? If this guilt and shame could never be in me, what's left over? Well, it's, it's gone. 
is earlier today with Dater. I asked him the same question. He said, oh, I feel light. Yes, because you're no longer carrying your father's guilt and shame. Now you're in your greatness, your essence, who you're meant to be. From that place, you can go do sales and marketing. From that place, you won't distract yourself with outside activities. From that place, you can esteem yourself. From that place, you can step forward into your life and pursue your morals and values, pursue your needs and wants. <clears throat> so that's when that guilt and shame comes up. The other thing I'd suggest you do is write an anger letter. And I'm not saying send this to your father, but all that anger he dumped into you, all of those terrible words, write them out. You mother blanking son of a gun. I can't believe you treated me this way. You're such a blah, blah, blah. Get the anger out at your father. And you can, again, I'm not suggesting you give it to him. But I'm suggesting you make the choice to no longer carry it for him. I know I call that feeling you're having, Robert, I call that a shame burp. Okay. And I still have it. And when those come up, I literally, I picture myself grabbing that shame. I see my father and with no anger, because again, we don't teach about the cycle. We didn't know the things I discovered. My father, while I forgive him, I hold him accountable. I don't let my father off the hook because my father chose not to go learn about these things. He chose not to be responsible for healing his trauma. Okay. And so I, it's loving of me to hold them accountable for that. And so I picture myself grabbing that shame and with a smile on my face, I'm, I, and I do this on walks, like I'll be out for a walk in my own head and it'll just hit me. And I'm like, I love you, dad. And someone's walking by, they're looking at me. I'm like, I don't give a hoot, you know, I'm just getting better. So I don't care if people think I'm crazy. But that's what... It, I would suggest you do is, is you do the same thing. Some, it doesn't have to be the way I do it, but some way that works for you where you feel yourself taking that anger, that shame, that self-loathing out of you and lovingly giving it back to your father saying, dad, I love you, but I won't carry this for you anymore. This is your pain. I did the best I could with it, but I'm not going to carry it for you anymore. That will really help you. Okay. The other thing is um, mirror work. I don't know if you've ever done mirror work. Um, I teach a whole training on it and it's much different than, you know, how most people do because there's a way to do mirror work. And I don't really have looking at the time. I don't have a bunch of time to get into it, but here's the key. I'm, I, I think from previous conversations, I think you do affirmation but start doing them in front of a mirror. And the key is to look in your left eye. Look directly in your left eye as you're doing mirror work because that connects to the emotional center of our brain and start saying things about yourself you do love, that you do like. And the key is this, they have to be genuine. Now, if you can't say you love it, but it's something you like, start there. Start with, I like, I like my eyes. I like my smile. I like the, the father that I'm becoming. All right. If you can say I love it to any of those, that's great. But, but if, if right now you're only at like, that's fine. Now, the way to start moving into love is to say I'm willing. I'm willing to start loving my eyes. I'm willing to start loving 
um, my communication style. I'm willing to start loving the type of boxer I am. I'm willing to start loving the type of husband I am. You know, do you see the difference? Because we can't lie to ourselves. If we lie to ourselves and try and for this is what most, you know, positive self-talk out there is. Everyone says be positive, but we don't feel it. It's a lie. And so the more we lie to ourselves, the worse that feeling gets. And that's why depression, everyone in this world is planet. They're trying in the, on the planet is miserable. They're trying to talk themselves into liking themselves. You have to feel yourself into loving yourself. That's the solution. Well, the way to do that is you start from truth. If you don't even like yourself, then start with, I'm willing. Someone out there listening, if, if your self-esteem is so low that you can't even like a certain part of yourself, your behavior, your actions, your personality, the way you look, then start with, I'm willing. I'm willing to like myself. Can you feel that? Can you feel how that feels a little bit better? And it's not a lie. I'm willing. Okay, I can be open to that. I can't say I like it. I like my nose, but I can say I'm willing to like my nose. Yeah, I can do that. Do you feel the difference? That's the key with mirror work, any sort of affirmations, is you have to feel it. And the more you can generate that feeling, Robert, the more you can start feeling the exact opposite of what your father put in you, the easier it will be for you to conquer that fear of success that you're running into. The other thing, the one last thing I would suggest is for you to start tracking all the ways you are choosing to relive your father's messages because they're happening in so many places you're not aware of it. Like he ingrained it so heavily in you. So really the first step is for you to see, wait a minute, when I don't talk to my wife, I'm honoring my father's, you know, abusive words. When I don't go out this door and market my gym, when I don't wake up and shower, when I don't, whatever it is, start recognizing all the ways you're still honoring your father by not succeeding and recognize, wait a minute, every time I do this, I rob myself. I actually rob my father. Because here's what happens when you do this. When if we, I know we're all afraid to lose our parents' attachment if we actually conquer this stuff, but the exact opposite happens. When we go choose it, many times they'll choose it too. They'll go get help. They'll work on it. And you'll have a deeper connection than you've ever had before in your life. Okay? So I'm going to leave you with those, Robert. Keep track of all the ways you're reliving the message your father sent you and repeating. You're trying to stay attached to him at the cost of your greatness. Make the choice. No more. No, I'm done. Dad, I won't carry your pain anymore. I... I am going to choose my authenticity, which includes my morals and values, my needs and wants, what I find negotiable and non-negotiable. I'm going to start doing mirror work so I can create a new neural pathway, a new feeling reality of, man, I'm pretty special. I'm a pretty good man. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to track whenever that 
shame-based feeling comes up. I'm going to honor both my father and myself by choosing to no longer carry it and lovingly give it back to him. Try those out, Robert. That's a starting place. There's a lot more to this journey, but that, and, and now go back and read my book because now you'll understand the shame and denial portions and, and how, and the fear of success, you'll have a much better understanding of how the cycles working in your life. And okay. All right. Thanks for tuning in everybody. I hope if you struggle with self-esteem that gave you a solution. Remember, we don't have to carry their pain anymore. We are special. We are wonderful, but we do have to do the work. That's all it requires is a choice to do the work. And I guarantee it. You saw it with Robert once he had the realization and, and it is with everybody. Things get much easier. I know we're scared to do.